Welcome back to the second part of the message, A Gospel Tract Gospel, from Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. A gospel tract is a great tool in the hand of a witness. A tract presents the truth of the gospel in such a way that a person might understand their need for a Savior and turn to Jesus. Here's Pastor Tim. Secondly, he wants Theophilus to be certain of the Bible's truth. Of the Bible's truth. Now, you know as well as I know that there are a number of religions that all claim to be the right one, you know? And so we claim Christianity is the right one. So somebody, some smart aleck, somewhere is going to say, well, why is yours better than theirs? And we'll say, well, because we've got a Bible. And they'll say, well, they got a Bible, kind of. They just don't call it that. And we'll say, yeah, but our Bible says that our Bible's true. And you say, well, I could write a book and say it's true. So, you know, Islam has the Quran. You know, the, 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 the Mormons have the Book of Mormon. You've got all these other books that are there. So how do you know that the Bible is the right one? Let me give you a couple of things. Number one, you can have certainty in the Bible because of, um, of fulfilled prophecies. Fulfilled prophecies. Every prophecy that has, that, that has been made has come true, except for those that we still wait on that are, that are to come. When the Bible fulfills prophecies, not like a prophecy from last week, but prophecies from 400 years ago, from 800 years ago, from 1,000 years ago, and then they're coming true. Man, you've got something there finally, right? Listen, there are over 300 prophecies about Jesus' birth, about Jesus' first coming, all right? So, you know, <laughs> odds makers, uh, you know, Bally now has taken over all of our sports channels. So now you see running across the, the bottom of your screen as you watch a ball game, you know, the odds makers say, you know, whatever. So, so here's some odds for you. The odds of one person fulfilling, let's don't say 300, let's say eight. A person fulfilling eight of those prophecies about Jesus' birth is one in 10 to the 17th power. Now, I know I'm taking you way back in your math class. That 10 with that little 17 that's over the top. Now, for those of you that don't, like me, you don't remember what that was, it means you write a one and you put 17 zeros after it. So I don't even know what you call that number, you know? So anyway, the chances of one person fulfilling eight of those is one in 10 to the 17th power. Now, if you're like me, though, you still sit there and you go, I, I still don't get it. All right, so get this. If you took the state of Texas, all right, and you filled it two feet deep with silver dollars, okay, and you put an X on one silver dollar, and you flipped it out there in the middle of Texas, I don't know how you stir it up, but you stir it up real good, then you blindfold some guy and send that schmuck out to the middle of Texas and say, pick up any one silver dollar. The chances of him picking up the silver dollar with the X on it is, guess what? One in 10 to the 17th power. That's the odds of one person fulfilling eight. There are 300. And Jesus fulfilled them all. That's one way that you know that the Bible's true. By the way, 
The Bible also, you can tell that it's true because of its accuracy. Your Bible is not a science book. But every time that the Bible speaks on matters of science, it does so accurately. Your Bible is not a history book. But when it, when it deals with subjects of history, it does so reliably. You can count on this book because it is truth. Let me give you some verses to help you. You don't have to look these up, but you may want to write them down. Psalm number 119 and verse 160. We don't get to say that very often, do we? <laughs> Verse 160 in Psalm 119. Psalmist writes and says, The entirety of your word is truth. The entirety. From Genesis to Revelation, the entirety of your word is truth. Let me give you this one. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse number 5. The Bible says, Every word of God is is pure. Every word, pure, clean, true, exactly what you need. How about this one? John chapter 17 and verse 17. Jesus is in the garden and he's praying. And he prays to the Father and he says, your word is truth. In fact, he's praying for us. He says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 7. In fact, this one really is just an example because Paul uses this phrase a lot. He says, by the word of truth. That's his nickname for the Bible. It is the word of truth. And this was my favorite one. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 is one of those verses that I like out of the NIV better than I even like it out of my New King James. If you're reading from the NIV, it says this, all scripture is God-breathed. I like that because that's the word that Paul uses. He uses a compound word that means God's breath. God breathed it out. So catch this. Let me go back to where we were a while ago. Here's a Bible. Here's a Quran. Here is the Book of Mormon. All right? So it's not like God sits up in heaven and goes, huh, which one I want to pick? I think I'll pick the Bible and just kind of go, you know, blow on it, breathe on it, and say, that's the one. Now I want to call that truth. It's not what he does. Listen, your Bible doesn't contain truth. Your Bible is truth. Your Bible doesn't contain the Word of God. Your Bible is the Word of God. That's why we say there is one author, though there are many writers. It is God-breathed. It is His words. So that when I take these words from Luke, from verse number 1, 2, 3, and 4, I know that this is what God has put on that page for me, for you, for Theophilus, for anybody that reads it. This is God's Word. And I want to have certainty that it's true. You may look at that and say, well, Tim, I just, I just don't know, man. I mean, you know, I read those stories in the Bible. I mean, Balaam's donkey talking? Really? I'm going, really? You know, the sun turns backwards? Come on, really? Really. Listen, if you have a hard time believing some of those things about the Bible... 
then just come to a point and say, well, you know what? I'm having a hard time believing it, but Tim doesn't seem to have a hard time believing it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of piggyback on his belief. That's all right. If you don't believe it for yourself, believe it because I believe it. That's really not good. But anyway, you know what I mean. <laughs> Hang in there. You read this. You will discover as you put these principles into life action that these things are absolutely true and you'll never find one thing, not one, that's wrong. Not one that will lead you astray. All right, let's get back to Luke. He wants to make sure that Theophilus understands that what he is writing is more than just an accurate account. What he is writing is truth. And so there are three things I would say about that. Number one is this. It's Luke's investigation that led him to the truth. All right? Remember he says that there are many that have taken those things. And he says there were eyewitnesses in verse number two and ministers of the word that delivered them to us. But then he says this in verse number three. It seemed good to me also having had perfect understanding. Again, there's some translations that say, after careful investigation. You know, Luke wasn't one of those original apostles, was he? I mean, he wasn't there in Bethlehem when Jesus was born. He's not writing that as an eyewitness account, is he? He's not there, he, he's not there in most of these events that he's writing about. So how does he know? How does he find out? You know, when you begin to dig through, and we'll see some of this as we go through the Gospel of Luke, he interviews Peter. He interviews Mary. He interviews a number of people to make sure that everything that he sets out on that page is absolutely true. He says, now I have perfect understanding. I've carefully investigated and he says, I am convinced that this is truth. I am persuaded, we might say. Number two, not only Luke's investigation, but Luke's instruction. Now, his investigation led him to the truth. But it's his instruction that leads other people to the truth. You know what uh, Luke did before he just became a gospel writer and then traveling around? He was a doctor, right? He was a doctor. He turned into an historian, which, I mean, both of those things set up, set, set up for one another pretty well. As, as a doctor, as he sets down now to write out this history, I mean, he's, he's going to be meticulous like a doctor would be. He is methodical like a, like a doctor would be. In fact, when you get there to verse number three, and he says, I wanted to write to you an orderly account. He sets those things perfectly that way so that you might be convinced. That word orderly is used by other Greek writers to describe a person who is trying to convince another person that something is true. That's what he's doing. Luke is writing this in a meticulous, methodical, orderly way, a systematic way, if you will, so that they might understand the truth, so that we might understand it. Okay? Let me give you a third thing. His original intention. Luke's intention is to lead Theophilus. 
to the truth. I mean, I want, I want the Bible to lead everybody to the truth, right? I, I want the gospel to bring everybody to Christ. I want to, I want to take a track and, and win Columbus. You know, there's so many lost people in Columbus. Well, let's just take a track and let's just go win them all, right? Hello, <laughs> right? I mean, we, we want Columbus to come to Christ. But it's not like I get to call, call Columbus together and go, hey, here's the truth. And then Columbus says, hey, well, yeah, we all need to be saved. Nobody gets saved. People may get saved at the same time, but they never get saved in groups. They all get saved individually. So I take this track and I share it with one person. And that person might get saved. You know what? That person's probably going to take this track and share it with one person. And that person might get saved. And that person might take it to somebody. And they get, that's the way that it grows. That's the way you win Columbus. That's the way you win anybody, any kind of group. Hey, those of you that are old enough, do you remember the old Prell commercials? Yep, you just dated yourself. So you remember that lady that was on the screen, and she was talking about Prell and how wonderful it is, and then she says, and I told two friends. And then suddenly the screen moves from her to a couple of other people. And then she says, and they told two friends. And they told two friends. And pretty soon your whole screen is filled with the faces of these ladies who are convinced that Prell is the best product that was ever, uh, ever invented, Right? Man, if they can do that for prayer, we could do that for Jesus, right? I mean, that's, that's Luke's intention. His intention is to lead Theophilus to the truth by providing for him a factual foundation for his faith. I'm not asking you for blind faith. I'm not asking you to believe in pie in the sky by and by. A factual foundation for your faith that you can know that you know that Jesus is who He says He is and that He can come in your heart and save you for forever. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me for a moment. Let me ask you this. Do you know? I mean, do you know that you know that you belong to Christ? Ever been that time where you repented of your sins, replaced your faith in Jesus, asked Him to forgive you? If you haven't, why not do that today? I mean, you've heard all of this about what, what Luke wants to do for his friend. We want to do that for you. Jesus, I pray today for every person that's in this room. I so desperately want them to know the truth, to know you, to experience you, to live for you, to make, not just to make a difference for your kingdom, but simply to fulfill the purpose that you have in their life. And that makes the difference. God, I am convinced in my heart that life is better with Jesus, with Jesus in first place. Revive your church. Revive us that we might put you first, that in all things that you might have the preeminence.
Revive your church that we might be the evangelists that we ought to be. Revive your church that a watching world sees and is spiritually awakened. Revive your church that you might be glorified, that your presence would be evident. Father, I ask your blessings on people that are here today. Those who don't know you, man, that they know you today. For those that have strayed away from you, that today would be the day where they've come home like the prodigal. Father, that, that the believer that's sitting in that, in that seat that is struggling with temptation, with sin, with, with whatever it is that's going on in their life, Father, they would square that with you today. Revive your church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with me where you are if you will. Listen, if you need to give your heart to Jesus, we want to show you with an open Bible how you can know for sure that he's yours. But maybe you just need to come to the altar. That's what it's there for. For you to use, for you to pray, for yourself or for a friend or for a family member. All right? This is your time to do business with the Lord. What a challenging message. Just like Luke desired to lead Theopolis to the truth, do you have someone that God has placed on your heart to lead to the truth of Jesus Christ? Tim provided some great insight into the way to use a tract and other things to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those around you. Pastor Tim would love to connect with you and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. He would also love to connect with you and pray with you about the person God has laid on your heart to share the message of Jesus Christ with. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.